0: Today's guest, Margaret Gallipo, was with us in episode 48, helping us get organized for the year. Today, she'll take us through some steps for evaluating how our plans are going in our mid-semester homeschool organization check-in.
1: Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author and an instructor at Homeschool Connections.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Meladnik, your host. Today we're talking with Margaret Gallipo, who was with us in September in episode 48 with some great tips on organizing our homeschool and our year. She has generously agreed to come back and take us through a mid-semester homeschool organization check-in. A little about Margaret, She and her husband, Brian, recently celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. They have eight children ranging from 7 to 26. A special education teacher by training, Margaret earned undergraduate and graduate degrees from Nazareth College and holds two teaching certifications. She left the classroom when her eldest was born. Soon after, the Gallipos began their homeschool journey. They are still homeschooling over 20 years later, and they still love it. Margaret has not returned to the traditional classroom, but has continued to teach, not only in her homeschool, but as a private tutor and in small group settings like co-ops. She teaches online classes for both students and parents with Mother of Divine Grace School, where she also works as a special services consultant. Margaret and her husband, Brian, were also coaches for Lego League and taught baptism classes for a number of years when they lived in Florida. But the Gallipos recently moved to Long Island, New York, and have been thrilled to find a wonderful Catholic homeschool community here. Although meeting people in a pandemic has been challenging, Margaret says, with God all things are possible. She's laughing right now. I think we're all laughing at that one. You can find Margaret at her blog, findingjoyonthejourney.com. Welcome back to the program, Margaret. It's So good to have you back.
2: Hi, Lisa. Thanks to be, great to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's really fun talking this over because you gave us so many great ideas. You took us through your acronym, which is HOME, H-O-M-E, and that represents certain touchstones for planning and prioritizing. Can you take us through the steps for evaluating our progress? And if you want to review what HOME stands for or anything like that, just put us in the picture so that we can think about where, where we started and, and now how do we reflect on that?
2: Sure, Lisa. So HOME was an acronym um, that stands for your hours, your objectives, your materials, and your environment. And so we mentioned it the last time we spoke together that it might be fun to revisit this together. And also that parents would want to kind of relook at this or revisit their plan periodically throughout the year. And since many people would be new, they might like to take this mid-semester point to kind of reflect on how things are going so far. So how are things going in your home with your home plan? Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of what, what we were thinking of discussing today and how you want to be flexible with the plan that you've made and maybe make some tweaks and modifications.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel, Margaret, like this is sort of a perfect homeschool thing to do, which is to learn from what we've been learning, to learn from what we planned and tried. It Like it's all a great experiment, isn't it? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think every year is different from previous years. The kids are at a different stage. Whether you have one or many, they're at a different stage than they were. And different things are going on in your lives. So... It's always different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The plan has to be flexible because life is happening. Yes. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Okay. So step us into, I don't know if you want to take it in order with H-O-M-E, but... Sure.
2: So we can think about the hours um, and kind of reflect. And I did... um, make a PDF that's going to be on my blog that you guys can check out. And it will have these questions and actually some room to jot some notes and make some reflections. You might like to stick that away and actually look at it later in the year as well or in in another year. But um, some of the things in terms of hours you wanna look at, how is your hourly schedule working? Uh, Are you happy with it? And would it be better to maybe just have some blocks in in terms of morning time, afternoon time objectives versus an hour by hour schedule? What works for you? Do you need a little more flexibility? Do you not need an hourly schedule? Do you need sort of a block? These are my my things for this morning that we're going to get done. And these are my afternoon things we're going to get done. Do Do you need to look at it a little bit differently? If you're using lists, are you getting the list done? Are they comfortable? Are you feeling like most of the list is getting done? Uh, um, And also, do you need more time for certain subjects or certain children? Are certain children taking a little bit more time than you need? That's okay, but we need to kind of reflect on how we might adjust for that. Have you been able to get a good start time? Have you have any consistency or routine with start time? Do you have too many activities? Probably this year not <laughs> with COVID. Mm-hmm. We're all doing a little less and more virtual, so we're home a little more. What about moving between subjects and students? If you have more than one child, are you able to make those transitions smoothly? Have you found a way to do that? Are your kids having time to read daily? This is this is important, and, and are you able to do that? is there anything in your schedule that you really should adjust? And so now is the time to kind of think about those things. And as you answer the questions that I've laid out, I hope it'll give you some food for thought, a place to go. And so this of course is not an extensive list. You could add other thoughts of your own, but I've left some space there where you could do that. And, just to get you started, and maybe you want to make some reflections
0: there. Yeah, and Margaret, it just occurs to me, I'm, as I'm listening to the questions, this sounds like a really fun discussion to, at the very least, have with your spouse. But I almost feel like it would be a family roundtable opportunity as well to go through each of these things and get everybody's thoughts and ideas on it. Sometimes the most wonderful ideas come out of the blue from someone we might not necessarily think to ask, what would make this work better for you? What are you seeing? I think that's so true, Lisa. And I and I was
2: thinking about that too as I put the questions together, is that do you have a friend that's doing this journey with you? Maybe you're new to homeschooling and maybe you have a friend that's new and maybe you kind of want to share notes and highlights and have a good, do you have a mom's night? Can you have a Zoom mom's night? you have a consultant. If you're in a program, these would be some reflections. You might like to share some of these with your consultant, some of your thoughts. Friends, uh, and and also don't forget about those veteran moms. Um, They are really a great resource. If you are new to homeschooling, they're happy to share their time with you. You know, you might like to pick a couple of these thoughts, reflections that you have and share with them. You know, I'm finding that I'm struggling to Um, jump between subjects. Do you have any recommendations for that? What did you find work for you? Because like you said before, Lisa, we learn so much from others and sharing the journey together.
0: Just a fantastic clarification. Thank you, Margaret.
2: So as far as objectives, um, you've been doing this for a little while now, or maybe you've been doing it for a long while, (laughs) like some of us. Um, (laughs) But you still want to take some time to say, okay, what is going really well and, and what things maybe your child you've noticed over the summer needs some little refresher on math facts. Have we forgotten about capitalization a little bit with some of the little ones, you know? And so it's a great time to kind of reflect on specific skills, but you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You want to just pick a few things and, um, we could focus on way too many things. It's good to be pretty specific. And try to just narrow down a few specific things you want to work on with your children at this point in time. But it's also great to kind of think about what you might like to set for an objective for yourself, whether it's um, note-taking. Do you want to try to, to uh, organize your system of, of uh, re- record-keeping a little differently for, for your state requirements or whatever that might be? or or something else that you want to do. Maybe you want to try to read aloud a little more consistently. So set some objectives for yourself too, but make them reasonable and small and doable and something you can revisit again.
0: Mm, And sometimes an objective can just be having more fun with reading or something like that, right? Just having a family story time or having an opportunity for one child to really focus in one particular area, like spend more time on that. If you're noticing a budding marine biologist or whatever it is that you have in your family, I remember when my daughter was little getting fascinated with biology, with animal biology and maybe shifting priorities in that regard too. It's kind of fun to see it evolve.
2: Absolutely. I I think that's true.
0: And I think one
2: of the questions I really like is what's your favorite subject to teach and why because you can learn a lot about yourself by what's going well as maybe what you need to improve. Look at what you're really enjoying. I'm really, you know, I love history a lot, sharing it with the children. And so um, what, what what are you teaching that you really enjoy? And then think about why do you enjoy it? Maybe you can share that joy with other subjects, because if you find what is making it, enjoyable? What is making it fun? Why do you really want to get to that every afternoon or whatever it is? Um, then then maybe you can say, oh, well, maybe I could add some books to whatever other subject we're doing. Even math, there are wonderful literature books that tie in with math. If uh, if a finding a wonderful book makes that subject fun for you to teach, find a book about punctuation. Find a book about math facts because there are is wonderful children's literature for every subject area and if the literature brings it alive for you bring some more books in and have fun with that so there's lots of ways to um, use these questions to have fun across the subject areas and to enjoy it maybe a little bit more Also, if your children are doing memory work for the first time this year, if you're new to homeschooling or you're trying to do more memory work, whether it's poetry or Latin or the Baltimore Catechism, all of these things are so great for children to do. But you might like to assess how is it going, especially if they're new to doing much memory work. How is it going and how can I improve it? Do I need to break it into smaller bits? Are there other strategies I could use to make the memory work click a little better so one of my little guys decided he's doing the owl and the pussycat right now for poetry and he he decided that he'd like to do like a little puppet show for it when he's done with it. So how fun! There's lots of ways you can have fun with it, because I told him he'd be performing it when he finished for the family, and we said, "We have an owl puppet, and we have a cat, Beanie. And we could have a wonderful puppet show." So it's just a simple thing, but um, think about how things are going and what you're enjoying. How are you doing with finding time to read aloud? Those kinds of things. And then, like you mentioned, the virtues. What you want to focus on, you might be thinking, I want to work on a virtue with all my children. Um, and, and that's, or one particular child that you're noticing is struggling with something in particular. Maybe that's something. But make your, make your objectives small, specific, and reasonable, doable. And also celebrate the things that have been going well. It's so important to celebrate and feel good. That's why I like that question so much about what your favorite subject to teach is. Because you are doing a lot of things well. Make sure that when you do this reflection, it's not a time to feel bad about yourself. But it's time to celebrate what's going well and kind of highlight and zone in on some things that you can make even better.
0: Yeah, and I'd just like to add in thought because I'm kind of a geek for kind of a hobbyist at neuroscience. One of the things that's fun to think about is that when you celebrate, even just a good job or a yay for me or whatever it is, or praise God, that went really well, your brain gets a dopamine hit and that boosts your creativity. It's actually a really healthy thing to do for your brain to pause, acknowledge, and yippee, you know, happy dance or whatever that takes or talk it over with people and just kind of verbally celebrate or or something like that because your brain responds and it gets refreshed. That's
2: such a good point. And Lisa, I remember reading years ago that, the people that make those day planners, that they had actually done research that found when you make that check mark and check a list, you get that dopamine that you were talking about. So so those lists, I mean, feeling good about making a list, it helps all of us. It helps our children. And I think it's great to say to our children, you know, maybe you didn't check off everything today, but wow, look at how many check marks there are. Let's feel great about that. Yes,
0: Mm-hmm. for
2: sure. And that comes into motivation too, right? Keeping being everybody motivated is about tie, tapping into what's going well and feeling good about that. And and even checklists can be positive in that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the materials, um, that's the next part of home. So we talked about the hours and the objectives and then your materials. Are you finding you have the things you need? Maybe you want to start a wish list. Maybe you've already spent your school budget for the year, but it's maybe time to start a wish list of what you'd like um to get and and watch for sales too right now with covid i know it's different but garage sales book sales library sales are the best my kids it drives them crazy when we go on a trip across the country i used to always research where we could stop on the trip <laughs> what libraries <laughs> what libraries were having sales along the way so um so that that's a fun source. A great, great way to build your home library is library sales. Also, when you look at your wish list, think about birthdays and think about Christmas is coming up soon, that set of paints or maybe a wonderful globe or even a beautiful new book that you know would enrich your child. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the schoolroom. It needs to be in your child's life. And so think about how some of these things would make wonderful gifts.
0: What a cool idea. I love that. Jumping ahead into the liturgical year and, 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 and again, making that growth of your homeschool, the things that you're starting to desire to enrich that homeschool environment be a celebration.
2: Yes. And for those of us who have been doing this a really long time, and we have many resources available to us now, but it took time to build that. And if you're new to it, it will take time and that's okay. And you can space it out and plan it out. That's why I like having a wish list. Have favorite authors also that you watch for at book sales or libraries. And definitely have that wish list. How is math going? So that's one thing that you really, um, I find it helpful to look at pretty regularly what's going on with math. Do they need to review anything from a previous year kind of kind of concern? So, so that's helpful. Um, and be sure again to look at the things in math that are going well. And to tell your child, oh, I was thinking about math and boy, You've really made some great accomplishments so far this year already. So um, celebrate for yourself and with your child and your spouse. Yeah, these are the things that are going so well. You probably don't want to switch to a different math or reading curriculum right now either. If you're new to homeschooling, even if you're hitting a few bumps, you probably want to look at maybe how you could improve it. We're pretty, you know, new into the year and it's usually not a great idea to just abandon things altogether, usually finding a way to make them go better. But there can be a case where things are going really poorly and you need to back up. Maybe the level is too difficult. So definitely uh, math and reading are are an area, if you have a younger child, that you really want to take a moment to think about. Um, the level of the math and whether any review is needed are helpful questions. Um, and in terms of materials also, Is your child reading independently and are they enjoying it? If they're at that level where they've gained proficiency enough. Your child's been doing some work. What kinds of things have you decided to keep? What kinds of samples do you want to put as part of their portfolio or their ongoing collection? Um, And think about what is your plan for saving work? Is it digitally, whatever, and be sure if it's digitally to make backups. <laughs> um, but if it's digitally, how, how is that going? Um, make sure that you, you are being intentional about what you save because you will accumulate a lot of artwork. Taking pictures of it is a great way to keep it from year to year and maybe just keep a few select things that the children actually physically make. So that's another thought.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm terrible at. I still have bins. <laughs> it just, like, maybe it's because I have an only child, but I just can't throw it out. <laughs> oh, I, I have
2: way too much as well, Lisa, but um it, it does help to be a little intentional about what you keep.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: And take a picture if you can't let go of it. But right. some, of the, some of the macaroni art, let's let's face it, it doesn't hold up well over the years. <laughs> it really looks much better in that original picture than it will in the box 10 years later. Let's,
0: let's be honest. I remember yeah. hearing an organizational expert say, too, that once you've received the spirit of the gift, you've received the gift. <laughs> the gift can be passed on, right? True. <laughs> True. 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 Yeah, and so
2: in their home, the last letter E, the last letter there in home is the environment. So consider how that environment is working out for you, that space that you've selected. Is it working well for school? What about the layout, the arrangement? If your kids are taking online classes, have you found a way for them to have a quiet space that you can monitor well? How is that going? Maybe you need to make some adjustments there. Don't hesitate to do that. This is a really good time where it might not be a good time to change a math program. It's a really good time to make some seat changes if you need to do that. <laughs> so, um, do the kids have a favorite reading spot? Have they, have they kind of gravitated towards something? And can you make that a little more comfortable if, that's, if that's, you're finding patterns? So, you want to throw a blanket over there and maybe put some of those books intentionally in that spot. So, think about that. Are you allowing enough time for movement during the day? Are the kids having enough time? If you decide maybe they're not moving enough, that's a great short-term goal. Let me try to plan some movement between these two subjects every day. We're gonna have some movement time, or opportunities. And the kids, are they getting outside enough? Especially now when we're all home more, really being intentional about getting outside. So I guess then just thinking about these, these main ideas in home, your hours, your objectives, your materials, and your environment. And the checklist that I've made, it's not so much a checklist really as kind of a log or reflection place with some lines and spaces for you to jot reflections. I hope that might help some of you. If you'd like to check that out, that will be available to you as well after the show. And um, that's, Kind of, kind of it, and I hope it's a stimulator in terms of thinking about, you know, what other questions do you have, what thoughts do you
0: have? Mm, yeah, it's always great to take some time to reflect, just periodically. I mean, teachers in the school systems have development days; they set time aside for this to to reevaluate their goals and their progress and what's going well and and what really needs to be adjusted. And making those mid-course corrections, as as we've touched on quite a bit, is this opportunity to see things with fresh eyes. I loved what you said about noticing where the children gravitate. Put a blanket there, put certain books there. It's it's so affirming to be able to find those places that are attractive and comfortable for reading and learning and absorbing and reflecting. Um, it just it just feels so homey and so it, so uh, kind of using that heart intelligence about what your homeschool might look like rather than trying to impose a model.
2: Right. Yeah. And you'll even find, well, maybe there's a point in the day where there's like a little low sugar time or something where you really need to have a snack. Let's have some fruit or whatever good snack that might be. There, there You may find, as you may observe that there are those periods where, you know what, this would be a natural break right here. So let's kind of build that in a little bit. Let's be a little more intentional about some of that. But be flexible. You should be enjoying. If, if you need to make adjustments, make adjustments.
0: Any final thoughts, Margaret? I know that you just summed that up so beautifully, but would you, what would you like to say to everybody who's, who may be struggling out there? Celebrate
2: something each day. Be, be mindful of the good things that you're doing and know that God is with you on this journey, that you're not alone. Um, and I think that um, really just taking time when you need time to reflect will help you. But as you reflect, like I said, try to, always celebrate the things that are going well because there probably are many things that are going well. Part of finding the joy, right? Part of finding the joy is looking for it, looking for it. Where are the things that are going well? And, and do more of those things and, and spread that out, like I said, across other areas where you can say, well, this is going well, so maybe I could tweak this and make that a little better too.
0: Yeah, I love that. Just the thought that things going well help other things to go well. It's all, it's all a great learning experience. Everybody contact Margaret Gallipo at her blog, findingjoyonthejourney.com. She also has a Gmail account, findingjoyonthejourney at gmail.com if you'd like to email her directly. But remember that the checklist, all of these wonderful reflection questions and even space to reflect on is gonna be at her blog by the time we air ready to be downloaded and used. So uh, do stay in touch with Margaret. She's a great resource. She's helped so many families. And uh, just a joy to have you come back again, Margaret. Thank you so much, Lisa. God bless you. And thanks for having me. It's our pleasure always. All right, everybody, stay tuned for our short feature coming right up.
1: Hello, my homeschooling friend. I'm Celeste Behe, and this is the Homeschool Housefly. I told Frankie the Housefly that today's topic would be how to teach math. And Frankie laughed. (sighs) He laughed at the idea of my giving tips on teaching math. The fact is, I'm not good at math. But I am good at coming up with ways to keep preschoolers busy during school hours. So let's talk about that instead. Here are my five top diversions for preschoolers. Diversion number one, fort building. Provide blankets, pillows, and empty cardboard boxes. Don't forget crayons for decorating the fort. Plus, flashlights for lighting if you're sure that your kids won't lick the batteries. Tell the kids that if they spend a certain amount of time building or occupying the fort, you'll give them provisions. That is, finger foods packaged in small plastic containers. Diversion number two. Surprise box. Fill a box with intact pieces from discarded toys, fast food joint giveaways, and random stuff. Uh, Even, trust me on this, clean orphan socks. Take out the box for a limited period of playtime, preferably during the most teacher-intensive part of the homeschool day. Refresh the box contents regularly to keep it surprising. Diversion number three, CD audiobooks. This is a tried-and-true favorite, and educational, too. Go to your library and borrow some audiobooks. Set up a reading nook at home with good lighting, a snack, and something fluffy and just add the book and audio combo. Nuff said. Diversion number four, water play. Fill the kitchen sink with water, put old towels on the floor, and pull up a step stool for your child to stand on. Provide unbreakable cups, a clean sponge, a turkey baster, and a few sawed-off slices of foam pool noodles. You'll be lucky to ever get your child away from the sink. Diversion number five, play store. As you empty boxes of shelf-stable goods like cereal, oats, and pasta, tape them shut. Wash out, then reclose yogurt containers and plastic water bottles. Let your kids display the packages supermarket style and have them buy and sell groceries using pool noodle slices for currency. So there you go. Five foolproof diversions to keep your preschoolers busy while you teach the older kids math. Assuming that, unlike me, you know how to teach math. I'm Celeste Behe, and this has been the Homeschool Housefly.
0: That's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com, where you can get online courses for your grade school, middle school, and high school student. Learn from the experts and make your homeschooling easier. Be sure to leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. And we'll see you next time here on the Homeschooling Saints podcast.